This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Pittsburgh Steelers wide receiver room might be the most polarizing receiver room in the NFL. And if it isn't, it should be. I'm your host, Jeffrey Benedict. You're listening to The Cutting Room Floor. Last week, we talked about the quarterback and how to develop around Kenny Pickett. This week, we're moving on to the wide receiver room. And I want to start with Deontay Johnson. ESPN recently went through the next-gen stats, all of the the tracking data, the GPS data they have on all the players, all these things they do, all the advanced metrics and stats, and they rated players on three different categories. Uh, Getting open, catching the ball, and yards after catch. Three categories. Deontay Johnson ranked number one in getting open. He was the only 99 in that stat. And the top five dropped all the way down to like an 85. I think there was only two other players even in the 90s. Number one at 99. They had him with that 99 overall and and much lower marks in the other two categories. He turned out their fifth best wide receiver in the NFL. Which is interesting to me because we all watched this last season. And this was based purely off this last season, not not his Pro Bowl season. This is simply last season. A season which saw Deontay Johnson score zero touchdowns and rank 29th in the NFL in receiving yards. And yet, in advanced stats, he ranks fifth. Now, you may, if you if you were inclined, you could take that as well. The well, the quarterback play was clearly bad, uh, and that would that would work for a good chunk of the season because Mitch Trubisky uh, and Deontay Johnson could not connect. Mitch Trubisky is not accurate on short throws, and Deontay Johnson lives on short throws. They were not a good matchup. Those two were not not a great pairing to put together. But the thing is, Deontay Johnson was even worse with Kenny Pickett. They never seemed to get on the same page. Really couldn't connect. And if you think back to that last game of the season, when they had some plays schemed to get Deontay Johnson open, Kenny Pickett put the ball in a catchable location for Deontay Johnson. They couldn't, couldn't come up with a play to get a touchdown. I find Deontay Johnson's story interesting, especially how he is viewed in the NFL. And it goes back, for me, to Steelers wide receiver history. Very, very important to understand this. And to do this, we have to go back to Heinz Ward. 
I, I always champion Heinz Ward. I think he's a Hall of Fame receiver. I think a lot of times people remember the Heinz Ward we had with Ben Roethlisberger, which is like he's in his 30s at that point, right? You're, you're talking about 30-year-old Heinz Ward is what people remember. They don't remember uh, route running Heinz Ward. They don't remember his his excellence in route running. The amount of things he did. People people talked about then how he got pedicures and how he got manicures and how he did all this extra offseason work to work on his footwork. Part of the problem is late 90s, early 2000s camera work. You don't really get good angles for that stuff. You don't have a lot of cameras. You don't really get to see his route running well. You don't get the all-22 film for Heinz Ward. Uh, we, we all... People who are old enough, I shouldn't say we all, people who are old enough remember Antonio Brown talking about Heinz Ward teaching him footwork, teaching him how to cut, how to do releases, how to how to improve his game. Uh, when Antonio Brown talked about honing his craft, that's lessons he learned from Heinz Ward. A lot of the plays you see Antonio Brown, like just his footwork and his route running, a lot of that came from Heinz Ward. A lot of that he learned there, picked up coaches, picked up coaches to, to teach him what Heinz Ward was showing him and put in the work to get really good at it. But Heinz Ward had another key stat, key impact, I should say, not stat, impact on the game, and that is the Heinz Ward rule. Late in Heinz Ward's career, 2009, I think it was his 12th season in the NFL, the NFL passes the rule that both linebackers and receivers can't be hit above the shoulders when they're, you know, by someone not in their line of sight, like as they're catching the ball, they, they get added to the defend to the protected players list. Happens largely because all of a sudden linebackers are asking for protection from Heinz Ward, while at the same time saying if receivers don't want to get hit in the head for catching balls over the middle, they should play a different position. But once, once they started asking for the same pr- protection, it was easy to make that rule. That's why it's called the Heinz Ward rule. Antonio Brown shows up the next year, makes a living off routes off the middle and route running, being able to attack the middle of the field because it's much harder to defend when the linebackers can't just see a running wide receiver coming over the middle and the ball going to the receiver and say, well, I, I can't get to the ball, but I can get to the receiver's head. That's how the NFL used to work. Deontay Johnson comes along in an NFL that has seen Antonio Brown take off. A league that compared Julio Jones and Antonio Brown for years. We were looking at who's the better receiver, Julio Jones or Antonio Brown. In hindsight, looking back, most people agree it's Antonio Brown now. But this was a serious debate. And one of the reasons why was at that time, you could look at Julio Jones and say, why is he great? Well, he has these highlight catches, and he has size, and he's just wicked fast. And look at him beat people down the field, and look at him catch that ball. Look how tall he is. Look how fast he is. He's clearly great. Antonio Brown, it was more difficult. What you had with Antonio Brown is look at his production. And people started trying to explain, why is Antonio Brown so good? And they looked at route running, and they had to put value 
into this because that's what he had. He had great hands, but he also was small. Like, he didn't have a huge catch radius. What made him great? His route running. His separation. And separation and route running go from an afterthought, right? Something they, they would talk about with the, a little bit. But you, you go back to Marvin Harrison. Marvin Harrison was an amazing route runner. But mostly they talked about his connection with Peyton Manning, right? That's why he's great. He has a good relationship with Peyton Manning. They talked the same way about Antonio Brown with Ben Roethlisberger too. But it's mostly route running. That's why. That's why Heinz Ward was a very reliable receiver for Ben Roethlisberger. Heinz Ward got open. He got separation. With the rise of Antonio Brown to the NFL's leading receiver in statistics, route running becomes a big deal. And I think you see that when you look at the receivers coming to the NFL now. And they talk about how these guys are much more polished route runners than they used to be. And to me, it sounds it's. I think a big part of that is these kids are in high school. They're going to you know to their special camps and these training. They, they're looking for camps in the summer to go learn football. They're looking for colleges to go to when they graduate. They're looking for all this stuff. And one of the things on their mind is Antonio Brown's footwork. And you're going to look for coaches. You're going to look for camps where you're going to learn this stuff: how to get open, how to run better routes, and you get. More route running in colleges. You get smaller receivers. You get the Devontae Smiths, the Garrett Wilsons, the Chris Olaves. These are the kind of receivers we see coming out now, and they all stem, in my opinion, from a big influence of a guy like Antonio Brown becoming a public discourse on the value of route running and separation. And then we swing back to Deontay Johnson, who among all those people is number one in that stat that Antonio Brown made people pay attention to. He's number one, and he plays for the Steelers. He's the successor to Antonio Brown. He showed up right after Antonio Brown left, and he's number one in the stat, in the metric, in the skill that Antonio Brown made famous. The problem is, Deontay Johnson may rank number one in getting open. He may, with that 99 in getting open, valued fifth overall. The man's 29th in yards. It doesn't line up. How valuable is his route running if it's not turning into production? Antonio Brown's route running was incredibly important because it's what drove his production. He took that separation and turned it into massive production. Deontay Johnson takes that separation and turns it into not so much. I want to compare him to another receiver that I I have long thought and hoped he could be. And that was Tyler Lockett. When I first uh, did a film room on Deontay Johnson, it was before I was actually writing for Behind the Steel Curtain, I did a fan post. I did a three-part fan post breaking down film on Deontay Johnson. When I did that, I I was hoping he could become a receiver who turned, you know, these kind of things into good production. I didn't think he would be a star receiver. I never looked at him and said he's going to be Antonio Brown. And I and I put that in my articles. Like he he has that kind of release and separation like Antonio Brown, but he's not Antonio Brown. And it's important to remember that 
whenever you compare a trait from one receiver to another or any player, that doesn't they may have the, a similar trait to a great player that's recognizable, but that doesn't mean they're going to be that player. I always thought he could be a, a good number two and maybe a very steady route runner, very steady yards producer. I compared him at the time to maybe a Sterling Shepard with the hope that Deontay Johnson be, could become a player who was efficient and productive. The player who has become what I thought Deontay Johnson could become is Tyler Lockett. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pair real quick here Deontay Johnson to Tyler Lockett. Tyler Lockett's last five seasons in the NFL, he ranks 16th in targets, 9th in yards, 7th in yards per target. So that's kind of, he's like 16th in targets, 9th in yards. Obviously, he's, he's doing a good job getting yards per each target, turning targets into yards. He ranks 5th in touchdowns in that time period. Has never made the Pro Bowl as a receiver. He made a Pro Bowl he was, his rookie year as a kick and punt returner. Has never made a Pro Bowl as a receiver. He's a similar size to Deontay Johnson. With a similar game, if we go back to those again, those 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 ESPN analytics rankings, Deontay Johnson is number one with a 99 and getting open. Number two, Tyler Lockett with a 95. The difference between Deontay Johnson and Tyler Lockett is Tyler Lockett's catch score. Tyler Lockett catches the ball. His completion percentage... His catch rate is, is in the 70s. Deontay Johnson is in the low 60s. Little, like, around, around eight points lower. I just gave those last five seasons for Tyler Lockett. 16th in targets, 9th in yards, 7th in yards per target, 5th in touchdowns. And again, he's never made a Pro Bowl. In those last five seasons from 2018, Deontay Johnson actually has more targets than Tyler Lockett, despite the fact that Deontay Johnson was drafted in 2019. He has 16 more targets. If you go back to 2018 and rank from 2018, uh, look at who has the most targets. Deontay Johnson's 13th. And again, he is one season short of everyone else on top of that list. With those 16 more targets, Deontay Johnson has 1,600 fewer yards. Less than half the touchdowns. Tyler Lockett has 45 in the last five, and Deontay Johnson has 20. 12% lower catch rate. If you go all the way back to to, to his rookie season through, Deontay Johnson has a 12% lower catch rate than Tyler Lockett and averages 6.6 yards per target compared to Tyler Lockett's 9.9. Big difference. If you take Deontay Johnson's 2020 to 2022 seasons, the last three seasons. His rookie year was Devlin Hodges and Mason Rudolph. Throw that one out, lower numbers overall, lower passes. From 20 to 22, Deontay Johnson is fifth in total targets in the NFL, 16th in yards, 31st in touchdowns, and 166th in yards per target. Now, when I did Tyler Lockett over his span as a, as a main receiver for his team, 
It goes 16th in targets, 9th in yards, 7th in yards per target, and 5th in touchdowns. It gets better. It starts with targets as the lowest. Deontay Johnson, his best stat is his volume of targets thrown his way. And that's because of how much he's open. He's the best in the NFL at getting open. He's 166th in the NFL the last three years in turning getting open into production. That's Deontay Johnson so far. It held up with Mason Rudolph and Devlin Hodges. It held up when Ben Roethlisberger returned. It held up with Mitch Trubisky. And you get the same results with Kenny Pickett. Deontay Johnson does a great job getting open. He doesn't do a very good job at all of turning being open into production. That's going to be the first half of our show. I really wanted to get into that. Uh, When we come back in the second half, we're going to talk about George Pickens. And then we're going to talk about what kind of receiver the Steelers are going to want to add to this room, to add to the roster moving forward. Stay tuned. We'll be back right after this break. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Welcome back, Steeler fans. I'm your host, Jeffrey Benedict. You're listening to The Cutting Room Floor. Cutting Room Floor is brought to you by BehindTheSteelCurtain.com and the Behind the Steel Curtain family of podcasts. Make sure you're checking out all the podcasts. You can check them out wherever you're listening to this podcast right here. You can get all the rest of them. You can see live shows every night on YouTube. Every evening. And... Make sure you're clicking over to BehindTheSteelCurtain.com for all your Steelers postseason and offseason news, rumors, discussions, what, who they're talking to, who they're looking at, whose free agents are available, all those news, all of it. It's going to be right there at BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. First half, we talked about Deontay Johnson. To close it out, I want to go into uh, my number one comparison of Deontay Johnson and George Pickens. Because, as I said, this this room is, is somewhat polarizing. And one of the most polarizing ways you can be is the difference between Deontay Johnson's 99 overall and getting open from ESPN analytics and George Pickens' 99 in catching. George Pickens, not a great route runner. Deontay Johnson, not great catching the ball. But they are absolutely elite in their own specializations. 
It's interesting that the Steelers have the top two receivers ranked in uh, catching and in and getting open. So that's, that's I I really enjoy it, and it makes sense. If you you've seen George Pickens catch the ball, you see that Deontay Johnson is always open. You see that George Pickens is almost never open. <laughs> he, he can say he's always open. What he means by that is it doesn't matter. I don't have to be open. I can still catch the ball. And he backed that up all season. Another interesting stat, and all the passes thrown to Deontay Johnson and George Pickens, uh, the Steelers targeting George Pickens never threw an interception in this season. Not one pass targeting George Pickens ended in an interception. Of the 12 total interceptions thrown by the Steelers in 2022, six were targeting Deontay Johnson. When you don't really catch the ball, when you don't really do contested catches, and Deontay Johnson doesn't, you also allow the other team to win those contested catches and come up with interceptions. We've also seen balls deflect off of his hands and get intercepted. George Pickens, it's much harder to pick off a pass going his way because he's going to get hands on that ball. And that makes it harder for the defender to come away with it cleanly. George Pickens not only has a really good catch score from ESPN, but his yards per target this NFL season were very good. Pickens averaged 9.45 yards per target. 9.5 yards per target. Number one on the Steelers by a long shot. And when you put that into the NFL among qualifying receivers, people who had enough targets to make the list, he ranks 13th overall. 13th. Guys ahead of him, Jalen Waddell, A.J. Brown, Tyreek Hill, Justin Jefferson, Jerry Judy. A lot of good players, and a lot of players with a much higher catch rate as well. More more consistent catch guys. George Pickens isn't there yet. But his 9.5 rating is, is one of the best the Steelers have seen since they lost Antonio Brown. Only other receiver who was uh, posting numbers like that was really Juju Smith-Schuster, who... Fell off in Pittsburgh, went to Kansas City, and actually posted a 9.2 yards per target in Kansas City this year. He comes top 20, 19th overall. When you look at George Pickens among current Pittsburgh Steelers, George Pickens with his 9.5 yards per target, 13th in the NFL. And that stat, the next highest qualifying receiver, there's like there's there's Connor Hayward. I think he was at 8.9, but he didn't get enough targets to qualify. Number two on the Steelers among qualifying targets is Pat Fryermuth at 7.5 yards per target, a full two yards per target lower than George Pickens, and he ranks 71st, 71st in the NFL. Deontay Johnson at six yards per target, ranked 117th out of 139 eligible receivers. George Pickens, 13th. The big problem with George Pickens is while Deontay Johnson 
Got nine, got 147 targets in the top 10. Tied for seventh most in the NFL. George Pickens was targeted 84 times. He ranks 61st in targets. If every NFL team had two top receivers, that would be the top 64. Right? You you would expect your top two receivers to both fall within the top 64 in the NFL. George Pickens is just barely inside of that. 84. Decent number of teams had three players with more targets than that. He comes in third on the team, Pat Fryermuth uh, being second. He was the Steelers' number three target. But he was by far their most efficient and one of the more efficient players in the league when targeted. Why don't, why wouldn't you target him more? Like it kind of stands, it kind of puts me and, and stats are kind of on the side of George Pickens walking over the stand line, sidelines, just saying, just get me the ball. Just throw me the dang ball. Anytime you have a player uh, with a very high yards per target number, you should target them more. That number should normalize. It, it, it should either come down when they get targeted more, drop into like the high eights and the mid eights, or they're Antonio Brown. If you can throw a guy the ball 140 times and have him average over nine yards per target, you're, you're talking about the superstars of the league. This year, guys who did that, Stefan Diggs. Stephon Diggs is one of them. A.J. Brown. Tyreek Hill. Justin Jefferson. 140 targets or more over nine yards per target. Those are your guys. If you can increase their targets and, and they keep that number above nine, you have one of the top tier receivers in the NFL. George Pickens. Flash that kind of potential. The problem is he's not getting the targets. Why he's not getting the targets? Because he's not getting open. We talked about him before. He doesn't run great routes. If you go back to the if you go if you go back to the ESPN analytics rankings, George Pickens ranks number one in catching the ball. He ranks 81st in getting open. 81st. That's behind Juju Smith-Schuster. This is behind a lot of people. 81st in the NFL at creating separation, at getting open. That's that's not good. That's not good at all. The Steelers have a dynamic route runner who is always open, but doesn't make the catch nearly enough, doesn't produce nearly enough. And the Steelers have a guy who can catch pretty much anything but doesn't get open. Again, like I said, a very polarizing room and that very, very different receivers between George Pickens and Deontay Johnson. The question to me becomes the big question for this offseason. The big question for the future. For the next three, four years. For the development of Kenny Pickett is... How much can George Pickens 
improve. 2019, we saw Devlin Hodges come in at quarterback and just start chucking the ball around. Not really knowing what he's doing, not knowing how to read a defense or really follow the offense, just chucking the ball. He's out there just just doing the best he can. Starts throwing the ball to James Washington, and James Washington starts coming down with it. James Washington turns in an incredible string of games with ridiculous yards per catch, yards per target, making contested catches left and right. Devlin Hodges and James Washington win games almost single-handedly. You can go back to the first game Devlin Hodges lost against Buffalo, where he's just chucking the ball to James Washington and hoping for the best. James Washington came down with a lot of it, and in the end, the defense came down with a couple too, and the Steelers lost that game. James Washington never turned that into anything because he couldn't get open. And if you're not going to get open, defenses will learn to go take that ball away. They'll put players on you who can fight you for that ball. George Pickens, better than James Washington at contested catches. He is. He's straight up better than him. By a decent margin. But that's still a skill that if you can't get open, you're never going to get a lot of targets. You're going to be a guy that when we can get you one-on-one matchups, we can throw you the ball and hopefully you can come down with it. But even then, you didn't see the Steelers throw fade routes. The biggest throw it to the guy and see if he can come down with it route in the NFL, in football, is the fade route. Just toss it up there and see if he can go get it. They didn't run fade routes to George Pickens. They ran all kinds of other go-up-and-get-the-ball routes. They didn't run fade routes. I don't think that's a, well, Matt Canada's offense clearly doesn't know what it's doing kind of thing. I, I think that's a George Pickens doesn't know how to run a fade route. George Pickens and Kenny Pickett aren't on the same page, and so we're not throwing these. We need George Pickens to work with Kenny Pickett and get better. We need George Pickens to work on that route running and improve his ability to get open. That's, I mean, that's the top two Steelers receivers. I, I, with, with George Pickens, we can say he needs to improve this area. Deontay Johnson, I think we have to accept who he is. He's been in the league four years now. He's not going to just suddenly change who he is. This is Deontay Johnson. Uh, I think he can still be a solid number two receiver. If he's your number one receiver in targets, uh, you're not winning a lot. Not with that level of efficiency. Your passing game just won't be efficient enough for you to win games in the NFL. I don't think any offensive coordinator is going to fix that. I don't think the quarterback can just fix that. That's Deontay Johnson. The Steelers need to understand that he he's not your number one receiver. Because if he is, you're not a top team in the NFL. And that's not just a knock on him. There are so many receivers in the NFL that if they are your number one receiver in targets, guess what? You're not doing great. But they're a perfectly good number two. T. Higgins over in Cincinnati. If he's your number one guy, you're, you're going to be all right, but you're not going to be great. 
Deontay Johnson can be that. I don't think he's quite as good as T. Higgins. T. Higgins is a lot of just raw talent. But Deontay Johnson can be that level player. You put someone on the other side, and uh, I mean, George Pickens, if you improve his route running, could could be that guy, that number one guy. But last thing I want to consider on this episode is what kind of player do the Steelers add to this room? And the reason this, this fits so well with what we've been talking about is you have to know what you have with Deontay Johnson and George Pickens. You have to have realistic expectations of the future. You have to have a plan here. So we're looking at Deontay Johnson. We say we got the guy who gets open. We look at George Pickens. We say we got our tough catch, contested catch guy. Guy you can throw downfield to. What do you add to that? We all know we have Calvin Austin in the background potentially coming up. Could be something. I don't know. That's a wild card. That's a lottery ticket. It, 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 it could be someone incredible. It could be someone who doesn't see the field. It could be another Dree Archer. We don't know. The Steelers, the Steelers adding players. I, I, I want to go on a little aside here before, before I give my answer of what I think they should add. Uh, I want to talk about the kind of steel, players the Steelers have drafted under Mike Tomlin. Because to me, they kind of fit into three categories. You have the contested catch guys. James Washington, George Pickens. Uh, some late round picks. Tony Clemens fits into that thing. They were known as guys who didn't really get open. Uh, but they, man, they could go up and fight for the ball. You talk about your size-speed combination guys. Guys who were just wicked fast for their for their size. Lima Swede. Martavis Bryant. Sammy Coates. Chase Claypool. I'm going to throw Mike Wallace into this discussion because he wasn't tall. He was six foot tall. Like he's not tiny, but it didn't matter. With that, with that, with his speed, it doesn't matter what size you are. You're fast for your size, right? Mike Wallace was that kind of speed. Uh, so I throw him into that category. Then you have your change of direction, quickness kind of guys. Antonio Brown, Dree Archer, Deontay Johnson, Calvin Austin III, Demarcus Ayers. Emmanuel Sanders, guys that have the potential to turn into those kind of elite route running receivers because of their change of direction skills. Suddenly hit 2000 and, uh, 2010, one year after the Heinz Ward rule got instituted and the Steelers started heavily drafting guys who fit that mold. Guys who were kind of underrated, maybe uh, slept on a little bit because teams weren't valuing that skill yet. Guys with the potential to turn into top-tier route runners and separation guys. Started drafting them in 2010. I don't, I don't think that's coincidence. When we look at... I'm, I'm going to throw another into the catch category because I didn't mention Juju Smith-Schuster. I'd throw Juju Smith-Schuster into the catch guys uh, because he doesn't have to be open to catch the ball. Juju Smith-Schuster does it more with uh, body positioning route running in the way of I'm going to put me between the ball and you, and I'm going to do a great job of just protecting the catch from you. Uh, Juju was great at that. Still is. Doesn't have the same speed he used to have with his injuries he's had, uh, but he still is great at protecting the catch from the defender. Makes him a really good possession receiver. Not a big play guy anymore, but good possession receiver. And to me... I keep coming back to that Juju Smith-Schuster type of player. 
Deontay Johnson, with his separation creating, with his getting open, he has to be at the X. That's the guy you put out in space and let him be just impossible to cover without help. You put a George Pickens at your Z receiver spot because that's your downfield. That's your contested catch guy. That's what the Steelers have always done there. He needs to add some outs, some in routes, some hook routes. It's not the most challenging route running position, the Z for the Steelers and how they use it. Uh, But you want a guy who can go up and bring down the football. That's George Pickens. That's where he's going to shine. A Juju Smith-Schuster type player who can come in the slot, give you some physicality in the slot, give you solid catching, give you good route running, give you the kind of player who builds chemistry with a with a quarterback because he runs consistent routes. He protects the football from the defender. Not a lot of passes going Juju Smith-Schuster's way were intercepted. A receiver more like Juju is what the Steelers could use right now. And it makes sense. Juju was pretty much the perfect complement to A.B., Antonio Brown was still here doing his thing. 2017, those two were stellar. 2018, off-the-charts production from two wide receivers. I think that kind of player is what the Steelers need. Now, I'm not saying bring back Juju. He's not the same player anymore. Uh, I wouldn't be opposed. I I, I don't think it's going to happen. But I, I think you are looking for a... Possession receiver, I think you're looking for a guy who executes well. Not so much flashy, not I'm always open, not I'm making highlight catches. You need someone who is steady and productive because you don't have that right now. Deontay Johnson gets open all the time, but he's not steadily turning that into production. George Pickens can catch the ball and make splash plays, but he's not getting open enough to be a steady production guy. What the wide receiver room is missing is that player. And if you can add someone who can be physical blocking in the run game and also be a threat in jet sweeps and in the little shovel passes, things like that, that's the kind of player you want. We could go back in time, 2017, and draft Juju Smith-Schuster all over again in 2022. I think he'd be the perfect addition to this team. I think that's the perfect addition to this team. Don't know if there's a guy out there. I haven't transitioned into looking at the draft and free agency yet. I haven't haven't really started that. I'm still breaking down the Steelers season and looking at them and thinking about them, where they are and where they need to head. But that's the kind of guy I'd go for. And it doesn't have to be, you know, the same physical traits Juju Smith-Schuster had. What you need is a steady, productive player because you don't have it. Pat Fryermuth is your most steady, productive player. And, I mean, he's a tight end. If you're going to not add a, that kind of receiver to the room, then to me you have to add another tight end and, and go with a, like, two tight end set where you have big time, like, two really good tight ends. Those are my thoughts. And we'll see. We'll see what the Steelers do with it. We'll see how the Steelers go. I think... You really do need to add something to this room because what you have isn't isn't good enough. I don't know how much George Pickens can improve. I'd love to see it, and if he can, then you got something special there. Oh, but that's not a guarantee. I think the Steelers need to add a solid production, solid, uh, reliable receiver for Kenny Pickett going forward. All right, that's my show. Thank you for listening. 
Always great to talk football. Have a great week. And as always, let's go Steelers. Steelers.